You're now tuned into the First We Build podcast. I'm your humble host, Herut, and we're on episode five. Big ups, big ups to y'all for checking it out, and big ups to us for keeping it going, man. Y'all don't know, this is uh, it's interesting. You know, I've had a YouTube channel for a while, but this is the first time that I'm really you know, working on trying to put out multiple, you know, more videos a week, you know, um, at least what, um, you guys, the public will see about four videos or three, three to four videos a week. But, you know, with Patreon and everything like that, there's more videos being done. So this is definitely adjustment, man, but it's fun indeed, you know, um, as always, you know, I want to get some little business out the way. Um, if this is your first time, um, checking us out let's see so again my name's Herr Root and um, I'm a filmmaker and I'm a podcast producer that's what Push It Forward Media Group is it's a, a filming podcast um, kind of media company and Ninth Lord Films is the actual um, film arm of it and then Push It Forward um, Podcast Network is where all the podcasts we have that come out so we have the uh, this podcast First We Build this is the newest um, newest um, addition to the podcast family um, we also have Cosmic Convos with my um, my brother, Brother Ra, and whatnot, a Sidereal Vedic Astrology Podcast, the best astrology podcast out there, hands down. Um, we have the Single Dad Podcast with one of my good friends, Bam DeLeona, a stand-up single father out here doing his thing, or whatnot. And then we have the Plant Based with Love Podcast with two beautiful, with not two, with one uh, beautiful couple um, that tells their journey and their experiences of eating plant-based and um and dating and all those different challenges like that so that's what we're, we're bringing to the table as far as that um so as far as the um the film business or whatnot you know uh, we're working on um, a, a short film that uh, we're looking to probably get out within the next month so be on the lookout for that um, we also have um, some content coming in regards to the gentle. A lot of people were asking for a series, so that is in the works. We're working on that. Um, we might not be able to have the full production of it right away, but we have some content related to it that'll be interesting. Like I think I might have brought that up last time that I think everybody will appreciate. So definitely big up to that. I like doing applause, man, and whatnot, you know? Indeed, indeed. So, you know, um, as usual, you know, I always like to kind of break down my regimen. So, I, you know, I definitely I started my day off with the libation and everything like that. And, um, you know, um, I did some Qigong. I did a form of Qigong, right, called Eight Pieces of Brocades, right? And if you, you've never heard of Qigong before, Qigong has, um, it's in a similar category as yoga right but it's an energy cultivation system a lot of people are always talk about energy you know it's the vibes and stuff like that i don't like that person's vibe this person's vibes was good you know blase spree right but the thing that you need to know about energy is that you can all energy is always changing you know and qigong is a system 
that gives you um, the keys of how to actually change your energy and how to actually cultivate your energy um, to match what is actually needed for your body, for your purpose, for your life or whatnot. So even if someone says, hey, you got bad vibes with Qigong, you can fix those bad vibes. You understand what I'm saying? And it's something that you do in it's, it's your it's work that you do. You know, it's not something that is outside of you. You know what I mean? So if you understand Qigong, you learn Qigong. Um, it's not something that's happening outside of you, right? Some people like to change their energy by wearing gemstones. I do that too, right? But Qigong is just it's, it's great internal work. It gives you the, you know, the, puts the power in your hands to uh, make sure that you're showing up the right way in the world or whatnot. But Eight Pieces Brocade, this is a real fundamental um, Qigong form. A lot of people, when they go to like a, just a conventional Qigong class somewhere, um, Eight Pieces of Brocade is probably the form that they're teaching. Um, and basically, Eight Pieces of Brocade was a, a system that was developed um, in ancient China. This one definitely was de developed in ancient China um, I cannot remember the actual general's name, but it's a it's a um, system that you know was developed to help his soldiers recover after battle, right? And and to restore themselves after battle. So a lot of the movements have like it's a, it's a movement that looks like you're like you know archer, you know what I mean? Like you're pulling a bow and arrow and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's moves like that. It's a lot of movements that help to restore your body. And like um, you know, recently. Uh, for me personally, I've been doing a lot. I've been running a lot. I've been having a lot of different things to do. Um, so, you know, I've been battling the world and stuff like that. So when I, you know, kind of feel like my body needs, you know, some good recovery and stuff like that, I like to tap that eight pieces of brocade and put that in the system for, you know, a few months and stuff like that. So um, shout out to that. Or whatnot. So, um, you know, that's I did that and then um, also hit the gym again. Um, some I like I like to work with the medicine ball. So I got a lot of different workouts that I do with the medicine ball, you know, combining, you know, upper body work and, you know, abdomen work and some cardio and just some, you know, quick movements, explosives, and different explosive movements and different things like that. You know, um, I, I definitely uh, put that in my regimen today and stuff like that. So. Um, that was, uh, uh, that was, that was earlier today. You understand prepping for that. And, um, you know, what's in my cup today. So, I you know, brought back the Jabana, right. You know, and, uh, this is an Ethiopian coffee type of day for me or whatnot. <laughs> you know, um, and you know, Ethiopian coffee. I mean, you don't gotta drink it like this, but in my personal opinion, it tastes better and it has a better impact when it comes out of the traditional Ethiopian clay pot, right? And like I said, this was made, this is made in Ethiopia from dirt, clay dirt in Ethiopia or whatnot. Similar to like, you know, I'm in Atlanta. So any of you ever been to Georgia before, North Georgia been to Atlanta, you know that there's red clay. Well, in Africa, they had that same similar type of red clay. This clay is very similar to the clay here in Georgia or whatnot, you know, you can make pots out of it. <laughs> so uh, that's what they've done here is a tradition that they've kind of kept up. And I, um, it's this great, great, great quality um, coffee, you know, Ethiopia and Kenya has some of the best quality coffee in the world or whatnot. So um, shout out to our people out there, our Habishas, our Ethiopian people out there or whatnot. 
Um, yeah, Tapu, peace, 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 brother, or whatnot. Um, and yeah, you know, at the end of my little monologue and stuff like that, if anybody want to come up, you definitely can, or whatnot. Because like I said, I like this to be interactive. You know, I have a portion of it where I go and just, you know, kind of, you know, discuss what's what's on the dome today or whatnot, you know. But um, if you definitely want to want to chime in, you know, you can post a comment or you can actually come up. All right. So um, that's that for the day as far as um, regimen and what, you know, what I'm drinking on and stuff like that. Let's talk about today's subject. Right. So if you saw the cover art, you're reading the title is do does the black community have a patriarchy problem <laughs> right um this this is a little controversial right especially in our community and you're about to you know understand why in a minute see what you know position i'm coming from but um you know what kind of sparked me to talk about this is a conversation i had with a colleague right and you know um this particular person i'm not going to say their name you know really was adamant that we have to get rid of the patriarchy in the black community. That that's one of the number one problems in the community. And I was, uh, I was, I was kind of intrigued by this by this position. Now I've heard it before, right? Especially recent times, um, it's a common, you know, uh, talking point, and you know, in the feminism community and stuff like that. But you know, here's the interesting about feminism. <laughs> Right. And you got to give your hats off to him. Hats off to them, regardless of how you feel about the feminist movement, is that they've been so effective in spreading their message that it is permeated itself into day to every day to day life in people in, in people's community, especially the black community. There's a lot of black people that don't even realize that some of their perspectives and some of their ideologies come from feminism. They don't even know it. <laughs> and they, so they, they've been very effective um, in spreading their message and, and kind of making it the common thought of the day, right? So, you know, back to this whole patriarchy problem, right? You know, I was kind of intrigued by it because I was wondering, I'm like, okay, what would make someone say that, right? And, um, you know, we could, we could probably, I could probably could put this patriarchy slash, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'll leave it here. You know, um, but why, why would somebody think that we have a patriarchy problem in the black community, right? And it made me ask the question, do we even have a patriarchy in the black community? Right? Do we have a, a system in the black community that is ran and controlled by black men? That's the question I ask myself, right? Because in order for you to have, you know, a patriarchy, right? Meaning, you know, you men are running the show. You have to have men in power in that community, calling the shots in that community. So I'm, I ask myself, is that the case? At large, in the black community, do you see large groups of black men controlling and running the community? Right? So I, I'm going to leave, I'm a, you know, 
we, we, we kind of know the answer to that, right? But I'm going to walk it up a little bit. You know, so still, with that being said, right? If we look at that question, and then we wonder why... What are, what are the women really saying when they say that they, you know, that... <laughs> There's a problem with patriarchy in the black community. You know, is 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 patriarchy the correct word? Right? And then again, the other question was, do we even have a patriarchy, right? And feel free to put your thoughts in the in the, in the comment as I roll, you know? Put your put your, you know, what you what you think about, you know, what, you know, we're talking about today or whatnot. So, I will say this, Here's some interesting things, right? And I was having a conversation with my uh, with my mate about this one time. And I asked her a question. How many times have you ever heard a rapper, right, make a song about their father? Do you know a rap song? If you know, if you're in the channel, you're watching this. Do you know a rap song that a guy made about his father? Right? I'm gonna tell you, I don't. Actually, you know what? I, I take that back. I, I heard one for the first time, I think maybe a year or so ago, from, um, what's his name? The Baby. I think he dedicated a whole album to his dad. That was the first time I heard a song like that. Oh, I'll give you another one Will Smith. <laughs> right? <laughs> Will Smith. Okay? And it's ironic that he was he was deemed as one of the most corny rappers in the um in the in the in the, in the whole you know rap game <laughs> or whatnot, right? Now contrast that. How many rappers do you know out there that got songs about their mom? You can't. I mean, you know, I was real heavy in the hip hop back in the back in the day. I still listen to rap, you know, today, amongst other music, right? But I remember um, hearing Master P say something like, for his artists, every artist had to have, you know, certain, they could do whatever they needed to do, but they couldn't turn in their album without a mama song. <laughs> right? Not, a, not without a dad song, but a mama song. Right? And I, if you go back, you listen to 90s hip hop, especially in the South, West Coast. I mean, even in the, even in, I mean, cause even on the East Coast, right? But it was more, you know, um, you know, Biggie did it or whatnot, but it was real common to hear at least one song on the album <laughs> that was big enough someone's mom. Rightfully so, right? But why was that? Why was there no dad songs in hip hop, but there's an abundance of songs for mom in hip hop? Right? Because at large, right? And we all know this. I'm not I'm not saying nothing new. Most of us was raised by our mothers. There's so many of us that don't even know our dad is crazy. Right? You know? I mean, you got plenty of songs in uh in rap talking about, hey, <laughs> you know, Papa never told me. You know, dad wasn't, you know what I mean? Daddy wasn't there, so I had the da-da-da-da this and da-da-that, you know? 
that whole chain of events, right? So, you know, that's one point to consider, right? That most people don't even don't even have a true relationship with their dad, right? Um, before I move on, because I'm about to walk down a, a, another route with this, right? There's a study out there. You might want to look it out. Might want to look it up. There was an observation that was made. I believe it was in India, where there was a, a population of elephants, right? And I believe because of poaching, right? A lot of the male elephants were removed. They were killed. They had been, you know, people, they had been over poaching for the ivory of the elephants. And a lot of the male elephants were removed from the population, right? Um, but they left around children. And the children grew up. Um, I mean, the baby elephants grew up. And they, were, they, they, they just noticed that out of all of this time, that they've been living in proximity to these elephants, all of a sudden they just start seeing a whole bunch of elephant attacks from young male elephants, right? People getting attacked by them, they're fighting each other. They're not, they're destroying things, right? And then they made the connection like, wow, <laughs> this is happening because there's no male elephants around to keep the order in that particular elephant community. Right. So when you look at the black community, right, I mentioned hip hop. A lot of people complain about hip hop. Right. And I am going to I, I, I was going to go. I decided to, you know, I was going to go down one path with it. Because um, something that came to me with it. And I am because it makes sense in, in regards to when we're talking about hip hop. Right. You know, um, do black men dominate hip hop? Absolutely. Do black men, they dominate performance in hip hop. Black men, do they dominate sports? They, they dominate on the fields, right? What not? Overall, okay? I mean, men dominate sport in general. It's, it's a masculine trait to, you know, people, it's a masculine trait. Most men, perform you know naturally go into team sports and different things like that i mean you can see this across populations all over the world right in some capacity okay but black men do dominate hip-hop in that capacity okay um a lot of complaints from a lot of the women who complain about patriarchy they have a lot of same complaints about the rap right so if most of the rappers are not even raised by their fathers. A lot don't even know fathers. Not enough to say something positive about them in their songs. And you hear disrespectful talk of women, what some people may call misogyny, right? In the uh, in the music, what would you think the source of that? Is that a patriarchy problem? Right? Would you say that that's a problem with patriarchy? You know, I brought up the elephant example, how a population of elephants who were normally functioning for probably thousands of years. And then, you know, the economy, you know, starts bringing up the demand for ivory 
And then all of a sudden you have an unruly population of elephants that's attacking people and stuff, right? We see some of that in our community as well. So I would like to argue that I don't even think we have anything remotely close to a patriarchy in the black community at all. Not even close. Right? Um, when you go from city to city, neighborhood to neighborhood, there are no men. There are no there are no men. The only men that you see are young men, right? That were raised by single mothers, unfortunately. Right? Mothers who worked hard. My mom worked a lot coming up. I knew my father, but he wasn't my guardian. Um, but my mom worked like three jobs sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? Or whatnot, you know? And we got into stuff. I got into stuff, you know? Or whatnot. <laughs> and, and other my friends, you know what I mean? They might they they may have taken it a lot further than me at those times. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of my friends. With moms doing similar things, they getting into stuff. We, we wild a little bit. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Or whatnot, you know? But, you know, the thing is, is that I think with, black, with the black community, you know, we have to be really careful about where we being informed information-wise as a community, right? Because that I, I, I know you guys listening and those who are listening you know, in the playback and everything like that. You've heard about problems with patriarchy and misogyny, you know, in the black community and where it comes from, right? And you blame the rap, you blame the music, but I would argue is that it really starts before that. And I would say the problem is actually a lack of patriarchy in our community. And I know that, that, that that's gonna sound strange to some people. Like, you know, we shouldn't, have women in leadership, and I'm not saying that at all, right? But there's something to say about having a community where there's a strong male front, right? You gotta think about what that looks like, you know? I like, I, I, I like to take an example, right? You know, my grandfather, he was born in the 30s, right? My grandfather was born in the 30s. You know, he, um, he, his cousins, you know what I'm saying? They all went, they went to the, they got drafted in the military. Back then they didn't have a choice. You know, they got drafted in the military. Did their stints. You know, came back in their late 20s. Married a woman in their early 20s or late teens, my grandma was 18. That was very common back then. Grandfather was 28, right? And, and went, you know, took some of their, their, their military benefits and um, experience and went to work in the labor force, right? And at this time, when you're talking about the period of time between like the 40s and up to like around the 60s and stuff like that, and that was a very different looking black community, you know, in, in cities like Chicago, Cleveland, you know, the Cleveland area where I'm from, you know, um, Atlanta, New York, Harlem, these places, right? Or whatnot. It's a different type of, different type of environment there. Was there crime? Yes. Was there all types of, you know, whatever you, 
whatever you, you know things that go in the neighborhood yeah but in general I mean it just was a different you know um, there's a different presence when you rolled into the into a certain neighborhood the only reason why we had adult, our major threat it was the police but it was for a different reason it wasn't because there wasn't nobody there to protect it just was that you know it was like you know a, a whole like the laws and everything really tied the black community's hand and behind their back to be able they couldn't protect it which is why you have you know the wall um you know um black wall street being destroyed like it was you know that was the policy of the day unofficially you know but at large in general you wasn't about to just roll up in the black community you know and just do whatever you wanted to do right kids could play outside you know relatively unattended the whole neighborhood is attended right were there some bad apples yeah were there some men who may have abused their position in the community absolutely right but that that's the black community isn't unique in that that way you're gonna have that happen right but at large there was a level of protection a little bit more dignity in the community or whatnot right now you fast forward to today's time where you have you know all, all these young people growing up without their fathers and you just look at what the community is even the actual treatment of women is different absent of male leadership right you know it's an interesting paradigm right and right now you know there's a huge push especially to our community to um elevate the women right and i think women should be elevated women should be you know uh they they should have the, the freedom you know to pursue whatever they need to pursue you know what i mean i have a daughter you know or whatnot you know I, I, women should be able to do those things right but got a question you know the source why why are certain things even happening and why are they promoting it right i mean i heard during this past presidential you know kind of campaign season you heard a lot of talk about like you know we have to elevate black women right we have to i've heard you know we have to increase the number of black women entrepreneurs I don't know if you guys, if you've been watching politics for years and stuff like that, have you ever heard a bona fide, respected, high-ranking political official ever utter any words remotely close to, we need to increase the amount of black male entrepreneurs in this country? Have you ever heard that? See, we've got some things in the chat. Okay, for example, more African-American men move out of Chicago than African-American women. Interesting. Interesting. So why do you think that happens? Yeah, I want you to expound on that a little bit. Why do you think that happened that more African-American men move out of Chicago than African-American women? I'm gonna wait for that to come up but um you know 
I've never heard that before. Right? Even when um, you guys remember when Ice Cube brought forth the contract with Black America, right? One of the major critiques he had from a lot of women, in particular black women, was that he didn't mention black women specifically in his contract, right? I believe I read through most of the contract, but I didn't see him mention um, black men specifically either. But nobody said anything about that, right? It's just interesting to me, right? Because it's like, what's 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 actually what what are what is what is the agenda? What is happening in the black community? Are we really trying to improve the black community, right? Or are we just really wanting to re-engineer, socially engineer the black community, right? You know. And and I have a and I know some people, even people that I know um, closely and different things like that might have a problem with this perspective a little bit. But um, yeah, what are we what are we really trying to do, right? You know, um, when I go and I interact with people from other communities, right? You know, I'm always talking about. I, uh, you know, this Qigong and Chinese medicine and all that stuff like that. I spent a lot of time in Chinatown. I got some good, good, you know, you know, Chinese buddies out there, especially some elderly Chinese men, you know, some Chinese doctors and, you know, uh, martial artists and stuff like that, that I'm, that I'm, I'm pretty cool with, right? And, you know, it's just, when you come there, right? You don't, you see, you see, you see a balance. Now, you know, people may have discrepancies about how people run their families, and I'm not getting into all that, right? That's cultural. I'm talking about when you come into Chinatown, there's a presence there, right? There's a presence there, right? And part of that presence that's there, because there's women business owners there, there's women who run certain businesses in Chinatown and stuff like that as well. But as a presence, like, hey, this is where we do business, okay? You want to do business in here, you got to go through us, right? And we're we going to operate how we're going to operate, okay? And you're not going to come in here and disrespect us. That tone is set. And I have been in Chinatowns all over this country. D.C., Philly, New York, San Francisco. Same vibe. You ain't about to come in there and just do what you want to do. Here in Atlanta, in Chinatown in Atlanta, there's even Mandarin on the police cars. Right? There's Mandarin on the police cars. And and, and the uh the China, dominant the Asian, you know, community, Asian town in the Atlanta area, North North Atlanta, Buford Highway area. You'll see it, right? If you come to Atlanta, you go to Shambly. Look, look on the cars, right? You know, even in the Hispanic community, right? The Mexicans, the Central Americans, they have their neighborhoods too. You're not about to come in there and just do whatever you want to do in there. You know, 
And you know the thing is Is that I see a lot of other communities That have feminists in their community But it's more lip service In their community I see it actually in action In the black community In a major way In a major way But the question is Are we progressing because of it Or are we declining because of it Right And I don't think it's because the fact That women are in leadership I think it's because Men are not in leadership Right I don't think you have to have one without the other There will always be women That will have The scruples to be leaders And and even if it's in some capacity There always will be there Right But you gotta have Men In leadership To have a formidable community I don't think you can have it without it You understand what I'm saying Let's see what we got here Not the young boys But the men that have Grown to see better Right Okay that was That was referencing The comment earlier um, In reference to Chicago Right So you're talking about The successful You know Relatively successful Black men Are leaving Chicago Right The educated ones The ones with means Of leaving Chicago um, But the people You know With young You know The women that are there That's raising young children Especially young boys Those are the ones That's left over in Chicago and it's like the elephant example. I think that's what you're getting at, right? I'm going to make that assumption until you respond, right? You're right. <laughs> right? All of those cats you talk about, I mean, I got a lot of family in Chicago. A lot of family in Chicago. A whole lot of family in Chicago. In fact, that's where my grandfather spent his young adult years. In Chicago. Or whatnot. You know? Um... You can't, you know, you know, people try to make it like they'll even, I mean, even if you want to talk about Larry Hoover, right, out of Chicago. And those who don't know who Larry Hoover is, look him up, right? You know, um, he was definitely, you know, uh, you know, a leader of a group of a young men out there that, you know, that, that, you know, group that formed into a gang and stuff like that, kind of the foundation of the different, you know, um, different crews the different gangs that kind of um is distributed throughout chicago now and stuff but you know it's been said that back in his day um it was more of a structure it functioned more like an organized crime where you needed permission to do xyz then you could just make your own road moves right i mean that's how the italian neighborhoods run that's how listen that's how that's how a lot of neighborhoods run. Um, there are always, you know, little secret mafia groups in all of these neighborhoods, right? And these are mostly men. And and, and this this is gonna bring me to my next point, right? You know, in America, it, it, it gets criminalized, right? Because of just it's the nature of, of 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 a free market of capitalism. Sometimes when you come to a place. And it's not like, you know, somebody giving you, you know, this little bit to start off. Sometimes, you know, people start getting into underhanded means to rise up. But with that, you also have a um, kind of an unofficial military force, right, in place. And this is why 
okay, throughout the world, you see that men are typically in leadership. It's not because in most cases, I'm not going to say in all cases, in most case, in a lot of cases, I'm not going to say most, in a lot of cases, and especially in Africa, right? Because there's a myth that gets pushed about Africa and black people is that we were quote unquote matriarchal societies. Not really. We had women that were in leadership. We had women that were able to take on certain roles, but the leadership was always men for the most part. In most communities, it was mostly men, right? Even in ancient Egypt, where you did have prominent women rise to leadership and do very well and, and, and make significant contributions in that community. I mean, in those civilizations, for sure. Legends. You know, but the, uh, the overwhelmingly majority of the time in our communities were ran by men, right? And the reason why is because you have to be able to protect what you have. You have to be able to protect what you build, right? There has, there's something to say about having that martial force there when, when needed. You can't do that and you can't do that effectively if women are the leadership and the authority figures in a community only. Right? I said only, not you know, you're not not having women at all. You can't in our community there is really only women leadership, right? And I sound like I'm jumping from place to place, but these these asides are important because a lot of things that are reported by a lot of young black men that get in trouble is that you know, when they go to jail, right, and they're, they're interacting with prison guards, they don't know how to respond to male authority. They have a huge problem with male authority because they've never even had it. Right? And stuff like that. Even in school, most young black men go through school never seeing a black male teacher. <laughs> and then when they do, you know what I mean? Some you see sometimes it's like it's like a catch. It's like a 50-50. You know what I mean? You either see that teacher and you got this group of people like, yo, Mr. Johnson is tripping. And then there's also a group of them that Mr. Johnson, because him being there, kind of flip them. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just using Mr. Johnson as a you know a, a general name for a black male teacher, right? You know? But when you when you have that in the community. It, 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 it brings a certain presence there, right? And then, you know, regardless of if you like to realize it a lot, right? We are all in competition. We are in competition with other groups, officially and unofficially. It's not like they want to beat you. It's just they want, they want the resources for their community. And in order to have that, you have to have men in prominent positions in a community to effectively compete, right? Working in conjunction with the women in the community because women serve a very, very special role in our community, right? And I might, I might want to any, any, any sisters that check this out, um, you know, I might, I might want to do a, a, a combined show or whatnot and talk about kind of like what. What, what women bring to a community I'll speak on it a little bit here but 
you know, I, this is, man, look, I, I practice African spirituality, right? So we're going to come at it from that perspective. You know, the women, women have a unique ability to engage in the spirit on a level that men don't, right? So, you know, while you have men that have to, you know, we, 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 we have spiritual, you know, um, ability, spiritual, um, yeah, we have spiritual ability, but not to the level as the women. You know, and the women doesn't necessarily have the out brute strength um, that the men have. So they work together in conjunction, right? Because if you go into war with another community, with a neighboring community for some reason, or just in the country that you're living in, you got to have that spiritual force behind you working just as hard as you are, right? You know, I think like sometimes we get in America... See, America messed it up. Right? You know, for, you know, uh, white people to be um, known to not really respect women throughout their history, right? And, you know, I think in their history, they have really have done things to, you know, um, de-emphasize the importance of women in their community, right? But for, I would think that for a community... For a group of people to want to maintain their power, to maintain, you know, patriarchy in their country, they would function a lot differently, right? Because what they've done is <laughs> they've disrespected women so much to the point to where now the women feel like they have to be in the positions that men are in to be respected. They develop they've developed a system that that has created feminism in itself right and what I mean by that is that you know when you don't uh, give respect to the domestic work right when you look at domestic work as menial work right when you look at you know raising the children as just you know you take all those different things for granted right all the different things that women traditionally through ancient times in the black civilizations and white civilizations, all the things that women traditionally do, when you make those things unimportant in your society, you give, you create feminism, <laughs> right? Let me look. The influence of the street life in places like Chicago is extremely influential to the young black boys. Most of them that make it through a specific maturing age and awareness usually choose to go. Yeah, right. Because a lot of them are seeking. They they need they need masculine expression in some capacity, you know. But when there's no masculine leadership, then that expression doesn't happen the right way, right? You know. But like you know, like I was just saying, Western culture has created feminism, right? So now a lot of women, for them to feel important in society, they feel like they have to be in these particular roles that men, excuse me, that men traditionally hold because the, the men in leadership, mainly the white men in leadership have made the traditional roles that women hold unimportant, right? So now the women feel like they got to go out there and get, you know, men got to like chase the bag. You understand what I'm saying? And all these different things, because that's how 
you know, society. You understand what I'm saying? Is um, you know, ranking people, right? You know, that's how society is is you know um, distributing position or whatnot, prominence. You know, but in ancient times, the reason why you seen men in these particular roles because these were just the roles that men were better suited to protect. It wasn't that the roles that the women were doing wasn't as important. It's just that it's it's the ones that get all the recognition. When you talk about, you know, this country, this this civilization defended, you know, their country from this invasion. That's main. You, the the highlight of it is the actual war and different things like that. But women played a role in those things. And I know, you know what I'm saying, just from my own, you know, study, own revelations, that internally, right in those communities. If you were living in those societies at the time, those two roles were clear, right? But here's the other problem. The reason why we don't think about it that way is because we've been taught. We've been taught history largely by people who function in the in that 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 form of patriarchy that people that the women today are having a problem with. So that's the way that they'll look at it. We'll see two stories, but We'll, we'll look at that story in a very different light than maybe a white person would, right? Because that's the part that they care about, right? And you can you, we can even take the Haitian Revolution, for example, right? When black people talk about the Haitian Revolution, right? People who know what they're talking about, what do they, they talk about? They talk about the, the role that African spirituality played in the Haitian Revolution, right? And you know women were there at that ritual, possessing you understand what I'm saying? Or whatnot. You know they were there possessing and stuff like that. You know? That's how our perspective is. But they don't see it that way. So, you know, I don't want to keep rambling on. But I think it's... it's I kind of, you know, a little bit, a little bit concerned at some of the direction that I see our community heading into. And I think it's from bad advice and we're being informed improperly. Right? from people who do who do not have our best interests at heart right um you know we don't have a black people don't have a patriarchy problem because we don't have a patriarchy not anymore not even close right and in older times where we did have something that resembled more like a patriarchy than what we'll see today um we were more stable right we had the ingredients to be um, a strong competing group in the world, right? And I know that, you know, different entities have, you know, um, looked at that and have purposely undermined that in our community. And I don't want to see our, our the women in our community to fall for that trick, right? Um, women should be elevated, but if you want to take a, if you want to take a real assessment of the community and look and see what's going on, you got the men have to be brought up. You understand what I'm saying? Because the men are the ones. It's like the, you know, I, I come from you know project management background, engineering and stuff like that. We always talk about you know a critical path. There's a critical point in a process. And it's that one point that if you don't get this right, 
the rest of the project doesn't even matter, right? This one particular point in the process is the make or break for the whole project, whether it's gonna be successful or not. And I think if you analyze the black community and if you analyze any community, right? At a fundamental level, the men, the status of the men in that community is the critical point, right? If the men are not in a good status, then your community will fail completely, right? And I will even say this, the only reason why it appears that the black community is somehow quote unquote surviving to a certain degree is because the government has stepped in and has played some of the roles that the men would normally play in a community, right? Even when you break it down to police, right? You know, our first line of defense should be personal, right? You know, um, a lot, of, I mean, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Georgia, I'm from Ohio originally, both open carry states. The first line of defense is the man in the house. You come kicking through that door if you want to, right? <laughs> Something gonna come flying back at you, right? That's the first line of defense. Then you call the police, <laughs> right? I know that, that's not the case all the time, but that, that presence there again plays a major role or whatnot. So you have to, men have to, if the men are not in point or any community, special our community, you can expect failure ultimately. And we've only, it's like, we've been being weighed up, not weighed up, but been artificially being kept afloat because the government has been subsidizing men, <laughs> has been subsidizing the male presence in our community, right? You know, and, and, and it's in, in some cases there are pluses to that for sure. But there is a huge minus in that. Huge, huge minus in that. Or whatnot. And I'm not talking about because everybody... No, I'm not talking about welfare and stuff like that. I'm just talking about overall. When you go to the black community, the role that the government plays in the black community relative to other communities is very different. Very, very different. So we have to, we have to take that serious. So um, with that being said, I'm about to close this monologue up or whatnot and leave on that and look at a couple of these comments that I haven't got a chance to um, run through yet. See, we got some Chi-Town people. All right, so we got a question. What are some African qualities of a patriarch? Um, let's see. Good standing man. Is that, um, is that a continuation from that, um, from your original statement, or are they they too different? Let me see, I'm gonna post a link in here too if you want to come up. And shout out to all of y'all in there, man. Appreciate y'all checking it out and your input. Well, I'll put it like this, right? At the highest level, right? And I'll, I'll wait for you to come. Um, either expound on your comment or um, okay there you go he said yes okay so you know 
on on the highest level, right? There's, I mean, we. I feel like I'm being um, cliche, but you have rites of passage, right? Um, but you know, it's a, it's always been a, a key component of our community, and it's a key component in other successful communities, right? Jewish people have a rites of passage, right? They're bar mitzvah, right? That's a male rites of passage. Okay, so. Not only do you just put people in position just because they're men, they're being cultivated in the unique way that men fulfill their role in that particular society, right? So at large, you know, from an ancient black perspective, we're talking about spiritual development, right? So you spiritualize the men in a way for them to fulfill their role properly in that community, right? And they're being initiated by other men who have successfully completed their initiation beyond just being finished, but like have went through the initiation and have put in their work and have made their contribution in their society and now are in a position to where they can advise others and help them go through their initiation. Right. Women were initiated as well. Right. Now. You mentioned the central piece. Sorry, Ojaman, could you um, or Elijah? Elijah, I see it. OK, <laughs> nice, nice plan. Um Could you could you expound on that a little bit um, as far as the central piece? Because I might I'm not I'm not sure if I was clear about something. But you know um, the rites of passage is a key point, right? And then we've had not quite the form of rites of passage that you may see in you know from an ancient African perspective or Af- African spiritual perspective, but. You know, um, throughout time, we've always had even an unofficial rites of passage, right? Um, there were just certain things that the men were groomed to do coming into the society, right? Yeah, I mean, the central piece is good standing man, right? So this is, again, for people listening on the audio, right? Um, our brother here, Elijah, asked about or stated that the central piece of having a, a um, patriarchy, African qualities of a patriarchy is having good standing men. Right. Right, correct. Um, I throw this one at you, right? I, I think you can only be, you have to have a level. And I mean, there's, you know, we can, there's levels to this. Every culture is different, right? But I don't think you have a patriarchy truly unless you have some level of good standing men. I think the opposite. That's it. I mean, like you can't like I don't I don't I can't really think of a community where the men are in are in leadership, but they're in complete disarray. 
even if you don't agree with everything that you do, I just, I don't see it. Right? I, I mean, name a community, name whichever one you're talking about, no matter what type of culture they have. The men are always in some level organized, some level, some level of focus is involved there. Or else you don't even have men leadership, male leadership, right? And I was getting to my point before, right? It doesn't have to be, right? We're just talking about basic black community because everybody doesn't practice the same thing, right? So just from a basic fundamental level, right? We've always had a level of rites of passage, right? You know, when, you know, especially back in the days where we were mainly farm societies, even here in the United States, right? You know, once the boys start getting to a certain age, right? Father take them along and he start working with dad. And through that process of working and learning the skill, but they're also learning all these other intangible qualities at the same time. That's like an unofficial rites of passage, right? So you're right. You know, a central piece to even having a patriarchy is good standing men, right? But the problem that we have in our community is that the men are, are, are all but are not existent <laughs> in, 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 the, in, the, in the fold of leadership in our community, Right? So I think that, you know, internally, I don't I mean, politically, they can do what they want to do politically. But I think internally, we really have to emphasize the men. We have to em emphasize the men in our in our community in order for us to even have something to even have a community. Otherwise, we're going to be all over the place. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. But that's a good point. I, I agree with you. The central piece of a African. And I and I expanded it. To any patriarchy is good stand a good standing men, and that could be relative, relative to the community. And I'm just saying that because you know everybody don't have the same morals, don't have the same guidelines. But it whatever that reference, whatever that is to that particular community has to be done. You know, you know, and like for us in particular. Um, not saying that I want like the president to go initiate programs for black men. It's just that interpersonally, when we're dealing with each other, you know, if there's a, a black boy that's in your, you know, that's in your guys that you have to look out for, different things like that. You know, I think really making sure that they get on point is really what's going to be necessary for us to even survive going forward or whatnot. All right, do we got any other questions? Anybody want to come up? Feel free to come up. I'll, I'll leave that offer out there for a little bit or whatnot. Like I said, we do these Tuesday and Thursday or whatnot. I can, um, and we can do a part two of this easily. <laughs> you know, because I even mentioned, your, your, you know, uh, uh, the brother uh, Kevin Samuels, right? A lot of people have a lot of negative things to say about him. Um, mainly is the way, it's just tone, the way he talks and stuff like that. Um, I'm, you know, like I'm not really tone sensitive that way. You know, I could really kind of see through a lot of things. But one thing I will say about his content, right, um, is that it really is uh, 
um, male-centered content, right? And that's why, um, you know, he really is um, taking off in a way because he's saying things to people that about just kind of the from a man's perspective, you know, he may not be, you know, articulating it <laughs> or sending it through the right vehicle, but a lot of the points that he make in regards to, um, you know, kind of the male end of the stick in this in this society, um, I kind of agree with, right, and stuff like that, and that's why he's kind of he's taken off the way that he is. Um, you know, I don't I don't I don't necessarily care for the way that he actually communicates all the time and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I think like like you, know, you can the fruit spit out the seeds and uh, take it for what it is. But it's something that's important. You know, um, and we talk about this sometime on the uh, Single Dad podcast, you know, and y'all should definitely check that out, man, uh, because or, you know, because there's a lot of different things that we don't know. Um, one thing that we, we mention often is that, you know, for men, right, um, as you mentioned, like the type of men that go and leave Chicago and go and, you know, you know, start their life and everything elsewhere. You know, a lot of times we, we face a lot of adversity, but we just keep it pushing. Right. We don't we don't complain about it. You know what I mean? We don't we don't make a fuss about it. We just take care of it. And, um, and that's that's I mean, you know, that's admirable. But in the mean in the meantime, there's other people that's out there putting things in place, putting laws in place and stuff that, you know, that's putting <laughs> that's putting you on the bad end of the stick. Or whatnot, and that's why you had these family court laws the way how they are because you know you have someone maybe in extreme position out there advocating for one side, and there's really nobody on the other side advocating, you know, to kind of create balanced laws, you know. And this goes back to what I'm saying for us, for black people in particular, because white people they know what's going on, right? They have a different level of control and reach than we do at the moment. But for us, that's going to be key. That's going to be key for us to put the man, get the us men internally, get ourselves together and put ourselves on point. And then just, in, you know, let that spread throughout the community at large. All right. So um, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you all for participating. Thank you for the comments and whatnot. I do want to let y'all know. I mean, if you're interested, if you want to, you can definitely join um, on these first we build podcast so we can definitely chop it up I really want these to be as interactive as possible or whatnot because that's how we, we we converse and you know we we kind of build you know that's how we build right that's how we build and learn more and uh, be able to flush some of these things out all right but again uh, this episode was brought to you by push it forward podcast network and, um, you know, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And we'll be back Thursday with another great episode. All right. Everybody be safe out there. And I am out. Peace.